0: Cronoso Daily covering Wrestlemania 2, what the world has come to. It's Johnny C and it's Cronoso Daily. I had to sing the intro to Wrestlemania 2. I don't know what it is about WWF saxophone music, but man, that shit gets me going. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I cannot hear a saxophone solo without saying... It's Saturday night! Like, I can't handle it. Like, if there's... If anyone in my house is watching a show, and there's, like, some sort of breakdown for the saxophone, and it's just like... I'll be like, uh... Musical guest! Radio head! You know, and the saxophone keeps going, and the people are like, John, or Dad, shut up. And the saxophone's rolling, and I'm like, I'm your host! Ben Affleck! So what about me and saxophone solos, man. I just can't, I can't handle it. So, uh, welcome back to our daily coverage of the WWF slash E pay per view live events that are premium on closed circuit uh, coverage. We're deep into the thralls of WrestleMania 2. An event so large, it could only be contained by the three metropoli that, uh, arguably are the most, uh, popular, dominant, what have you in this, uh, United States of America. Uh, New York! Well, Uniondale. Um Chicago! Well, um the suburbs. Los Angeles! Actually, I don't know if that's the arenas in Los Angeles proper, so we're gonna assume for comedic purposes, because the other two weren't, that it is not. Now I of course am here to cover the WrestleMania II NFL versus WWF Battle Royal. I just imagine that's how Vince probably would have hyped it up on the television back in the day. But yeah, it's the it's the Battle Royal. Fourteen WWF superstars versus six gridiron gods uh, in an over the top battle royal in Chicago, Illinois. Um... I don't want to take a ton of time because I I know on these daily pod blasts, you know, we get you jumped and going for your morning uh, like it's a shot of coffee right up your ass. But I do want to take a minute just to wax poetic on WrestleMania 2. I kind of am a big fan of WrestleMania 2. Look, I know it's not uh, like I know it's not. okay, but just bear with me for a second. The WrestleMania 2 concept, I love that Vince tried this. I, I love that they tried to make it work. There's some technical gaps along the way. There's a little bit of awkward transitions. There are delays when people say, now let's cut to Marilla Monsoon. There's a lot of, come on, George. Come on, George. There's a lot of all this shit. Okay. There's a lot of Herb. Let me tell you something, folks. The pop that Herb gets, okay, they would kill to get today. I don't even know who that motherfucker is. All right. Uh, but people love him. And yes, it's it's as if they decided to instead of getting six A list celebrities, they got sixty D list celebrities, and I'm fucking here for it. Can you imagine and, and I'll get into the match proper, I promise. Um when this whole blast of WrestleMania two is complete, I'm gonna really sit down and re-listen to all of them in a row, including my own, because I am a whore. Uh uh, and by that, I mean someone who loves himself. Uh, and I will listen to myself talk incessantly, as I'm sure you can all imagine. I'll do it in the dark, too, um, when no one's around. But my point is, I, but in all seriousness, I'm very interested to hear the overall take on WrestleMania 2. I know a lot of times it gets it's shunted to the bottom automatically. Like, if I were to grab you and sit you down on my lap and say... <laughs> so I would go and sit you down on my lap and say... So, little boy. Cause I'm not gonna say so, little girl. And you know what? I'm gonna take the word little out and assume I'm just grabbing someone normal and adult size. Let's say Ryan Gray. And I sit Ryan down on my lap and I say, Ryan, what's your favorite? Or what's your, what's the worst WrestleMania? Ho, ho, ho. Uh, and he's gonna say, well, Johnny, it's WrestleMania 9 or WrestleMania 2. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not picking on Ryan. That's the first I've ever attempted an impression of Ryan and I hope he likes it and he can laugh at it cause I, I think he's a brilliant wrestling mind. Uh, but in all seriousness, what, I, what I'm saying is, is that individuals who love or, you know, not everybody loves like work rate. But I feel like two and nine are your automatic bad rap uh, along with 32. Now, let's just shut this at the bottom of the list. We'll figure out which one's the worst one later. We'll flip a coin to see what's the worst one. I am hoping that when this is all said and done, WrestleMania 2 can be removed from that automatic. It's either the worst or the next to last worst to, eh, it's maybe the sixth worst. That's what I'm hoping can come out of this, because I don't think it's the worst. Uh, I think that boxing match is a spectacle, and this battle is a spectacle, too. So let's fucking dive right into it. Alright, now you may have to indulge me, fans, as it's not often that this humble podcast journalist gets to cover the main event of WrestleMania. So, let's set the scene. Our ring announcer is Chet. Chet somebody. He says that this is a Chicago main event. Interestingly, it is not the last match, thus setting a precedent for WrestleMania that the main event doesn't have to be the last match. I always thought it was WrestleMania eight that set that precedent, but here we are at WrestleMania two. He introduces Chicago's favorite Mean Jean. Uh, he gives him a nice little intro, hands on the microphone, gives him a little kiss, and walks away. At least that's what it looked like to me. Mean Jean's got some honorary dignitary honorable dignitaries, that is, at ringside. He needs to get us uh, you know, set for uh first. The guest timekeeper, she certainly found the beef. Claire Miller! Now, I don't want to be unkind, okay? But Claire Miller, uh, from the side specifically, has to be the inspiration for Mrs. Delphire. Her visage is a bit more wrinkly than Mrs. Delphire, but of course she's not wearing a finely toned uh, mask made by uh, legendary great Harvey Firestein. So, as he announces her, she's, you know, there's light applause and cheers, you know, to be nice. She's got the microphone, okay? And the camera's straight on her face. Nothing else in frame. This woman is WrestleMania 2. Okay? And she goes, you can't hear her, but you can, I can, well, I can read lips. Uh, you know, so, it's a skill, you learn something about me every day. She goes, now? Now? Like, am I supposed to say my thing now? And then, she takes the microphone and kind of cocks it upside down like she's the fucking rock. And she starts convulsing and yelling and screaming like into the microphone, but we can't hear what she's saying. She looks like Dwight from that episode of The Office when he gets the salesman of the year and he's like, we shall not Pennsylvania salesman be ignored. You know, he, I, just watch it. It's all on Peacock, so no problem there. But, she doesn't even get to say her catchphrase. If she did say it, the microphone didn't pick it up. Making this an all-time classic fucking WrestleMania botch, and I'm here for it. Uh, Dick Butkus, doing my job for me as one of the guest referees, as is a gentleman who is too large, apparently, for the NFL, uh, Mr. Too Tall Jones. I don't know anything about these guys. Uh, everyone's screaming at their car radio right now, like, you idiot, don't you know who Dick Butkus is? And I'm like, yeah, he's the guy who's named Dick Butkus introducing the competitors now fans again indulge me there's 20 people here but i think it's important to set the scene first from the chicago bears jimbo don't call me jones Colbert, the first person and as of now the only person to ever win the triple crown pedro morales tony atlas the strongest man in the world ted rcd which begs the question Is strongest man in the world, like, an honorary title? Like, when the queen knights you? Because there's so many people who are the strongest man in the world, and they never lose this. So, like, Paul McCartney is Sir Paul McCartney, like, forever, right? They don't take it away from him. So, like, if you become the strongest man in the world, you go visit, like, Conan the Barbarian, and he, like, knights you with, like, an uncooked steak, and he's like, Arise, strongest man in the world! And then you are that until the day you die. From the Cowboys, Harvey Martin. Um, Golden Boy, Danny Spivey? Got to be seen to be believed, folks. Got to be seen to be believed. Hey, how many autographed pictures of this next contestant were in your local video store? Hillbilly Jim, because mine had a ton. Because even before he was the Coliseum video uh, sales guy, he was out there pitching the Coliseum videos. There's something to this conspiracy theory. Uh, Follow me, uh, or talk to me on Twitter, at Johnny Sunday, to let me know how many pictures there were. King Haku Tonga, the Iron Sheik from the Steelers, Ernie Holmes, the Killer Bees, Big John Studd. This is the second WrestleMania match that I've covered of Big John Studd. Excited to see what he does. From the Falcons, the 1985 Rookie of the Year, Bill Freelick. If you're the goddamn Rookie of the Year, what professional football team is going to allow you to compete in (coughs) an athletic contest that isn't a football game. The Hart Foundation, Brett Hitman Hart, Jim Anvil Neidhart, wearing their swank blue variant outfits. If they're not blue, don't yell at me. I'm extremely colorblind. From the 49ers, Russ Francis, the living legend, Bruno San Martino is here. Holy shit! The main event footballer from the Bears, William, the Refrigerator Perry, who jumps off the fucking top rope into the ring in a pretty swank boss, uh, uh, I'm the baddest bitch move. And, of course, the final contestant in his amazing yellow pants, Andre, the motherfucking giant. I'm excited to follow this man's trajectory. I covered the uh, $15,000 slam match between Stud and Andre at WrestleMania 1. So this, of course, is the next natural evolution Gorilla Monsoon and the cat Ernie Ladd are on the call. Let's see what happens. Straight from Wake Up San Francisco, Kathy Lee Crosby is here. Uh, you know, Regis not here yet, but Kathy Lee is in attendance. and She's going to give us some unique expertise along the way. The bell rings, as I mentioned, and I notice I can't help but notice that Russ Francis looks kind of like... Like if you have a sleepover, OK, if you ever had a sleepover when you were a kid and uh, you were being really loud and your buddy's dad would come down the stairs and be like, guys, I got to work in the morning because uh, Russ Francis, that's what I imagine Russ Francis was 24 seven. He's wearing uh, like black briefs and a white wife beater and he's got a horn stash. I don't know. It just he's everybody's 80s dad. The refrigerator is a target, though, uh, but he gets assistance from his Bears teammate in a pretty cool spot that pops the crowd. But it's clear that the fridge has a story in this battle royal, so we'll try to keep an eye on that. Stud and Andre get into it right away, reigniting that feud from WrestleMania 1, which causes Anna, throw monsoon to say, It's a happening, which can really, really made me happy. I finally got to talk about Gorilla saying it's a happening. He only said it once, so he must have gotten it out of his system from last year's WrestleMania. Oh, no! But uh, King Haku and that other Chicago Bear guy are out. Ooh, it's a, ooh, it looked like it hurt when they landed. Ernie Ladd accidentally calls Dick this Mike Ditka, and it makes me laugh. Uh, apparently Francis doesn't understand that this is just a, uh, work, because he goes after Andre the Giant like it's a fight, and actually lifts one of Andre's legs up by the ropes, and Andre kind of gets his look on his face like, What the fuck are you doing? I, I it's a, it's a short, you stupid 80s dad. Uh, Ernie Ladd calls it the most expensive battle royal of all time because of the main other contracts. I kind of like that, uh, analysis. It makes it sound like it's cooler than it is. Uh, but it's at this point when it comes to actual entertainment-based wrestling, it's just feet and kicks and feet and kicks and punches. It's a battle royal. What do you want? You know what I mean? Uh, The Fridge does get Atlas, though. Throws him over the top rope, so Fridge is knocking out some eliminations. It's clear at this point that Big John Studd and the refrigerator are going to be enemies. They start locking horns, and they kind of get a little bit of action to themselves with their main focus. Speaking of focus... I notice out of the corner of my eye that Bruno and Bret Hart are actually wrestling one another. So we got Bruno San Martino and Bret the Hitman Hart wrestling, uh, but they don't have a ton of room, so it's mainly just like locking up and kicking one another, and it's kind of sad. Uh, apparently that would have been a cool thing to see. Martin and Pedro Morales are gone. Uh, The Fridge is going after the Hart Foundation now. Uh, both of them at the same time. Just, again, and the crowd's really, really, really into this performance. Arcd is gone. One of the killer bees and Hillbilly Jim are gone, and the stud, big John stud and the iron sheik team up and they get Freylich out. So at this moment, the, the ring has a little room in it, okay? So let's reset. From the WWF, we have the Heart Foundation, iron sheik, Bruno San Martino, Andre the Giant, and big John stud still active. From the NFL, we're down to two. The storyline, Refrigerator Perry, who I guess was the basis, probably now that I'm thinking about it for the Icebox from uh, Little Giants. I always thought they called her Icebox because they all grew up like me watching roller games, and they were a big fan of the Icebox who was on the T-Birds. If you have no idea what roller games is and you like professional wrestling, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube, look up roller games, and they lasted for one season. You can watch the entire fucking thing, and you absolutely will not regret it. And with the refrigerator is everybody's 80s dad, Russ Francis. Immediately, as I decide in my notes, I'm going to calm down so the audience who's listening at home can get a feel for who's left in the ring. The Iron Sheik is eliminated and he hits his head pretty hard on the way out, which even Ernie Ladd makes notice of, which I thought was pretty funny. The Hearts are teamed up now against the Fridge in one corner. We've got Bruno and Big John Studd fighting in the other corner. And we've got Andre and Francis going out in the other corner. So we've at least got some 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 pairs that the athletes, (laughs) the entertainers have room to uh, to perform for us at least and we can focus on it. But immediately, as I set that stage, Bruno is gone and the fridge sprints and tackles the heart foundation. And they're both, you know, hanging on for dear life because the momentum, the impact, if you will, sends them flying over the top rope. So at this point, the Chicago or excuse me, the suburban Chicago crowd is worked into a frenzy because the Fridge and Big John Studd have the stage. Oh, I don't want to say to themselves because there are other people in the ring, but they are the focus. They are staring off dead center in the ring and the crowd is having the time of their lives. They battle for about 13 seconds. I didn't count, but it's very short, unfortunately, and the crowd is just. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next. Maybe, you know, I'm afraid if the fridge gets thrown out, they're going to riot. And wouldn't you know it, after that 13 seconds, Stud throws a hip toss on the fridge, and he's eliminated to a chorus of boos. A lot of them. Um But the refrigerator is uh, a man's man. He's much like William Regal in that sense, or Stephen Regal, I should say. Uh, William Regal, not so much a man's man. Uh, Stephen Regal is a man's man. Uh, but he... The reason I bring that up, though, is he, he wants to shake the man's hand. He wants to let Big John Studd know that he's a better man. And, of course, Big John Studd, being very intelligent, decides, I am going to shake this man's hand. They touch, and the power of Hulkamania must be coarsened into veins of the refrigerator because he invents the Royal Rumble 92 spot with Hogan and Justice by shaking the man's hand and pulling him over the top rope to a thunderous applause. Big John Studd is out of here. The Fridge has gotten vengeance, and uh, the suburban Chicago crowd seems to be back into the match. A great way to get him back into it, even though the hometown boy, the refrigerator, Perry, was gone. Obviously, they couldn't let a guy from the NFL win. He's got everybody's hearts. They at least tied up the storyline, and I actually, I'm giving them a lot of credit for that. It doesn't take long. I know you know, rambling about it, but it's, it's a pinnacle moment in this match because I feel like that's probably your highlight real moment. That's the moment that's going to live in infamy. Um, but the hearts are double teaming Francis in the corner. Andre sort of recovered from whatever days he was in. And this is a great little moment. He takes out the heart foundation. Okay. No, not out of the match. Just knocks him out. Uh, because he wants to headbutt Francis himself. And he gives him the big Andre the giant, uh, headbutt. But the foundation recovers, and they do a double foundation drop kick into Andre, which is actually timed really well, and Andre's tied up in the ropes. Uh, Francis decides to come out of the turnbuckle. Uh, he's got to get ready for work here in a few minutes, so he better finish up this wrestling match. He thinks he's turned Angle, and he throws some amateur stuff, but to no avail. Uh, the hearts grab him, and they throw him over the top rope. Now, uh, on this podcast, Pernosa Daily, I've invented the big boss man injury scale, okay? So assuming... That the big boss man nearly murdering himself at the Royal Rumble '92 is a full ten. Francisco's 7.3 boss man and legitimately like throws himself on the bottom rope. And I, I, mean, I'm laughing at him. I don't want the guy to get hurt, but I was. It made me pop. I was. I was enjoying it quite well. So we're down to the final three. I think this is what most people probably remember here in wrestling circles. Andre the Giant, you know, working the Heart Foundation. Bret Hart looks so weird. Okay. I don't know if this is going to score me any life points but he looks like an ugly woman he looks like a wicked witch like because he has long hair and it's so curly like i've made fun of bret hart's long stringy hair before the grease and all that jazz but good lord i I will take that over this look any fucking day so uh he throws Andre, throws brett aside um, he grabs Anvil by the goatee, Brett comes back, and they do the double noggin knocker, but goatee to face. Like, it's just, Andre's just great. I, I highly doubt that he asked permission to grab the goatee, and uh, Andre doesn't ask for permission. Anvil gets whipped into the ropes by his goatee, and Andre hits, uh, I guess you could call it a big boot in quotation marks, but he barely makes any contact with Nightheart, which is unfortunate, because this is the spot that calls for Nightheart to be eliminated. And I better never, ever hear the internet say an unkind word about Shawn Michaels selling. Because the anvil gets hit with this big boot and does like a dance in place, waves his hands around like, oh boy, I've got the spirit. And he throws himself over the top rope in comedic fashion. Um, that, I don't know, that was my favorite moment. Uh, Brett goes to the top rope. It's a big mistake. Andre grabs him uh throws him right over the top into the anvils waiting arms. Andre is gassed. So it's a good thing that that's the end of it. Andre wins. Um I don't know. It's it's weird because I spent a lot of the early part of this episode defending WrestleMania 2. Um I love the boxing match. I love I do enjoy this as a spectacle. Um I do enjoy the cage match as a, you know what it is. I I think that it delivers in ways that um are obvious that it's not the main event of this particular portion of the show. I'm excited to hear what happens next with the tag titles to see if it actually lives up. I don't know. I'd give it, I was going to say, I'd give it a gentleman's three. Uh, if I'm going to rank this, because it's, it's not, I mean, it, I don't know. I can see real hardcore people being like, this is a dud or a one star or, you know, but if, if, if you look at it, you think, well, two and a half, if you go below two and a half, then you've done something bad. This is a battle royal, which I feel like makes it the median to begin with. And I go up to three because I, the crowd was having a fun time. They pop for the Chicago guys, the fridge. Andre wins. He's got a big smile on his face. I don't know. What do you want from me? It's WrestleMania two. It's the over the top rope NFL versus the WWF Battle Royal. And I think uh you know, because the guys the guys and the gals in the stadium are gonna head back to New York, I'm gonna head back uh to the Batcave and end this episode. But stick with us Keep coming back. We're almost, uh, you know, going to get started with some additional new pay-per-views, aside from Saturday night's main event and the WrestleManias we've been covering. So uh, come back every day for some hot Carnoso action right on your face. Have a great day.